Hello and welcome back to the Film Ruminations podcast. My name is Jason and I am here with another release from the American Genre Film Archives. This film is called The McPherson Tape or UFO Abduction. Oh, it's working. Forget it. Oh, what a guy. You're going to break your neck with that thing. I'm going to break your neck. Holy shit. What the hell was that? Holy shit. What the hell is that? He's got him. You saw one of them dead. It's right outside there. Are you sure it's not back there? It's not back there. I just took a look in there. Get out. The world's first found footage horror film. A decade before the Blair Witch Project redefined the horror landscape, there was the McPherson tape. On October 8, 1983, the McPherson family gathered together to celebrate the fifth birthday of Michelle, the littlest member of the household. Everything was captured on VHS by Michael McPherson and his new camcorder, along with the alien invasion. Shot for $6,000 by first-time filmmaker Dean Aliotto in 1989, this movie blends the production design of the J.C.'s haunted house with a dead serious tone to forge a fun, hypnotic nightmare that upends the concept of reality. Due to the warehouse fire at the original distribution company, the McPherson tape was never legitimately released. Agfa and Bleeding Skull are proud to present the world home video premiere of this important milestone in shot-on-video horror history, newly preserved from the original three-quarters-of-an-inch master tape. The special features on here, UFO Abduction, the 2017 director's cut. There's a commentary track with Dan Aliotto on the original cut, and the 1989 theatrical premiere introduction, and Encounters TV segment, and a Fantastic Fest uh, Q&A. There's a notice on here that the movie was shot on VHS and edited on tape. Please approach the technical quality of the transferred with empathy. I was very, very impressed. First, before I get into into the weeds on this one, um, I want to say that this release was kind of special because it came through Vinegar Syndrome, which means that it comes with a pretty nifty and heavy-duty slipcase with a little bit of a special artwork. And uh, I there's got a special place in my heart for Vinegar Syndrome and their releases. Uh, if you can, uh, check it out at uh, VinegarSyndrome.com. That would be where you're going to get this, uh, this release. Getting kind of in here now, this is a very, very interesting film. I don't know how familiar you are. Uh, it'd be difficult not to be familiar with the uh, found footage films, especially as uh, as listed here, the Blair Witch Project, uh, kind of in a way changed how a lot of people saw the genre. And it created its its own genre that people fed on for years and years. And um, I remember watching Blair Witch when it first came out. Uh, and I remember the viral marketing around it. It was very, very interesting to see how they were going about making this appear to be something that was sort of outside the bounds of what was normal. Now, actually, I kind of want to roll this back. I guess technically, McPherson tape or Blair Witch certainly was not the first found footage. There was legal repercussions because of a found footage aspect of 
Cannibal Holocaust, which is a, a whole other monster that we'll t- uh, talk about some other time. Anyways, I remember watching The Blair Witch uh, when it very first happened at, uh, on its first release. Might have been even been a preview. Uh, and I, it had that realistic feeling. And I, I don't know really these days what the overarching feeling for the film is. I enjoyed it. I might rewatch it at some point in time. It's not something I'm clamoring to do. But I know that it's, uh, it's played a very important part in uh, horror as it is today. And I really appreciate what they were able to do. Now, more so to the McPherson tape. Between the two of them, I would actually probably look to the McPherson tape. It was very, very well made for what it is. In the commentary track, uh, Elioto reflects on uh, casting the the family, and they were all actors that were trained to ad lib and make up everything on the spot. There, there was a an outline of activity for the film. Uh, and uh, then they just ad-libbed. And so when they sat him down for the, the opening scene uh, for the birthday party, he just said, you know, converse like a family, and he was filming it. And there were just some basic beats that he wanted to make sure got covered. And it was really quite impressive when you look at other films of this era and this budgetary constraint, just the lack of uh, natural talent, we'll say. The highly qualified actors, but they were very, very good at what they do. And I was really impressed with that. Also, what is interesting is the film, was, while technically not one take, it was meant to play out in one take, unlike uh, a Blair Witch Project or uh, Cannibal Holocaust, which there was a second editor that would come in and kind of put things together. Uh, otherwise, Blair Witch would be like 12 hours long. It was meant to feel like one continuous take. They had to they had to do a second take because uh, it just was too dark and they just didn't have enough light sources. So they had to do a second take just to pick that up. Uh, but for the most part, it was filmed over a very short period of time. Every set piece was ready to go. It really is a, a very interesting and special film. I'm very, very glad that uh, they put this one out. I would highly recommend it. It was very, very good. It's actually quite interesting. There's a uh, one of the special features, the Encounters TV segment. There are two people, uh, alien enthusiasts, who considered the footage and considered the McPherson tape as actual evidence of aliens and alien abductions. And they had that a government official that said that the the government official in, in air quotes uh, saying that it, while it looked fake and even though the director Dean Alioto came out and said hey I filmed this this was not actual alien abduction the government official in air quotes said that's something that the government would do to kind of take away any sort of uh, provenance that some footage like this would have is hey hey this was totally staged so that people would stop looking at it as a real thing. It was very, very interesting, and I can only imagine that would be the ideal sort of marketing that, like, a Blair Witch would would want, and they would really lean into it. But unfortunately, like the back says, due to a fire, it's never actually got that that level of release. But I think it would have definitely been much more well known if that sort of thing did not happen. Uh, that is the McPherson tape uh, from Agfa, which I absolutely highly recommend. You may still be able to get your hands on. This slipcase version, uh, it's, again, a piece of cardboard. It doesn't add anything to, to your enjoyment of the 
film. It's just a really nice slipcase. Again, uh, Vinegar Syndrome does a very good job putting out high-quality products. What I decided to pair this with might be uh, a controversial choice, just because uh, there are several popular found footage films that I could have paired this with. I decided to lean into the alien aspect of this while still being able to dip my toes into the uh, found footage aspect, and I'll get into that a little bit more here in a moment, and that is Jonathan Glazer's Under the Skin. last time you touched someone. inhabits the earthly form of a seductive young woman who combs the Scottish highways in search for human prey. It is here to plunder. It lures its isolated and forsaken male victims into an otherworldly dimension where they are stripped and consumed. But life in all its complexities start to change the alien. It begins to see itself as a she, a human with tragic, terrifying consequences. Under the Skin is about seeing ourselves through alien eyes. The special features on the release that I have, there's a making of a featurette, and that is all. I really enjoyed the book. The The story of the alien coming down is was uh, Michael Faber uh, wrote the novel. I really dug the, the concept of essentially seducing uh, townies uh, as a food source. And uh, I I knew that the film was coming out and that Scarlett Johansson is the star of the film. I didn't know how they were going to uh, make a story out of the, the novel because it was a big story. And I kind of hoped it was closer, but as it turns out, Jonathan Glazer really took the idea and pulled out the, the tendrils of story that he really wanted. And it, it ended up really, really impressive and uh, I highly recommended. Uh, this so Scarlett Johansson plays an, an alien who 
seduces and consumes would be uh, a good uh, subtitle for this film. Uh, she just wanders, finds uh, somebody, and flirts with them, gets them to come with her, and she just uh, eats them. Uh, it's but it's not like a it's not like a gory, uh, visceral eating. It's uh, sort of like the avoid consumes the the victims. It's, it's really very well shot. This does sort of have um, a foundation footage aspect to it because Scarlett Johansson, it, compared to what you recognize of her, is the the makeup and the hair in the film really. They tried to scrape away as much of the natural beauty as they could. Um, so you almost don't recognize her without looking twice, at least. So she would just go up to random people and flirt with them to get them involved. And then they wouldn't know anything about what's going on at all. It was like hidden camera, essentially. She would start the conversation. Then at some point in time, they you know chatted with... Uh, the people to get them involved in the picture, make sure that they would be comfortable uh, filming and especially considering what was going to be happening where they got stripped down to their birthday suits. This is a very, very interesting and well-made film. And I think it kind of works in two aspects. First, there's the alien double feature. Uh, secondly, uh, you watch McPherson first and your eyes sort of, they start to get used to the, kind of the shakiness of just a camcorder without a shaky cam rig and that low fidelity of the image quality. And then you come in and, and finish that with under the skin, which stripping out the, the beauty and the nudity of the actors, it just so well photographed that there's just some really great seaside photography that I it's still vivid in my mind today. Um, it was uh, the cinematographer was Daniel Landon, who is not overly uh, doesn't really have a whole lot of credits to his name, but he did a very good job setting all this up and and filming everything. So that would be the McPherson tape, and then Under the Skin, and I really think that you'd be impressed by both films. I think you'd really enjoy both films. So I hope that this finds you well and that you are having a swell time. Uh, we have one more. Uh, I decided one more bonus episode from the American John Film Archive before we start to move into um, a new project. So again, I hope this finds you well. My name is Jason. This is the Film Ruminations podcast. And thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.